You're listening to Dare to Develop, a podcast for creatives. I'm Christine Herman. And I'm Ashley Baumgartner, and we are two hybrid wedding photographers that dub ourselves work wives. With a passion for developing community and daring to take risks in business and art, we want to bring you along on a journey. The journey of artists, makers, business professionals, and more who want to level up their businesses by daring greatly and developing community. So let's get started. Welcome back to Dare to Develop. I'm Christine. And I'm Ashley, and we're so excited to be hopping on the podcast to talk about a topic we get asked a lot about. And it's a lot. I mean, it's a huge thing that a lot of us business owners go through and creatives. Yes. So today we're going to talk about how we both dared to go full-time in our creative businesses. And even though we're both photographers, we had completely different journeys, didn't we? We did. We pretty much each chose to go full-time and transitioned in very different ways. So let's dive in. We hope you can learn from our journeys and mistakes while you're considering hopping to full-time in your creative pursuit. So Christine, tell us a little bit about your journey going to full-time and what that looked like. So... As most of you know, before I got into photography, I was a basketball player. I coached college. I was in the middle of getting my master's in sport management when I realized that coaching and playing basketball were completely different passions, and I did not have the passion at all for the coaching aspect side of sports. Mm. So I was like, okay, what do I do now? A lot of crying nights with my husband, who was my then boyfriend, of just trying to find meaning after sports, which is a lot of athletes I know have a hard time with because even like creatives, we always just define ourselves with what we are. So one day I decided to pick up my camera. It was a new year's resolution to myself. I had more time besides playing and practicing and a friend invited me to an engagement session and I completely fell in love and I knew right away that this was what I was going to do for for my life. Yeah, it was it was just one of those moments and I'm lucky that I got to for most of my life have a passion which was basketball and switched to another passion which is now photography. So, me and my husband ended up leaving the city we were in. We were in San Jose. We moved out to Sacramento. I had thought maybe I would go to more school to for some reason supplement my thought of like I'll go to school and do photography on the side. That didn't work out. I uh, ended up getting a 9 to 5 instead and just really started to hone in on the wedding world cuz that's where I knew my heart was. I knew I wanted to create these moments for my clients. No clue how at all, but I learned a lot from, again, Creative Live, Jasmine Starr, was learning as much as I possibly could, and lucky for me, I booked a few couple of my weddings. I had about three my first year, and my goal was to at least make as much money as my job before I quit, and I thought this was going to take a while, and I was like, I'm fine with doing both. It's okay. Like I can control it. That is a big goal. So I, my life was pretty crazy at that point because I was going to my nine to five, coming home, putting in a ton of work on my photography business, staying up till midnight. My weekends were um, just filled with engagement shoots. So I had zero work-life balance at all, but I knew that I had to put in this work in order to see the result of me going full-time. And I luckily had that goal that if I did this and I work really hard, that I would be able to quit and support myself. So after a lot of nights of that, I was about six months into my job. I started, um, booking a lot more weddings, doing a lot more stuff where I knew, 
okay, I can't do both anymore. I can't. Like, my job was actually, I had a great work work life at my other job, and they were so sweet and so supportive in my dreams that when all of a sudden it went super crazy on me, I finally was seeing a little bit more fruit to my labor of all the work I was putting in, that it was gonna, I would have to quit a lot sooner than I thought, that they were ready and willing to let me just, you know, step aside and go full time. Yeah, I love that you spent so much time, one, working on your business in the evening, just choosing to build it up and set it up really, really well before you left Mm -hmm. and two that you got to see the payoff of that right Mm -hmm. you got to see Mm -hmm. the payoff of that and that it happened so much quicker than you originally thought I think that's a really important tip that you hear from some people is trying to match your income right and trying to have that security so that you know when you go full-time that you won't be left you know without anything or just hustling so so hard just to even match what you get even more anywhere close to what you were making before. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just such a smart way to do it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And it was, I was lucky enough to have such a supportive husband, boyfriend at the time, because he knew that I was hustling toward these goals and that he saw how much I loved what I was doing, that he was okay with taking a backseat for a little bit while I pursued this. So yeah, that is so important. I mean, I think anyone that's hustling towards it can attest that it really does take all your time and energy at, mm-hmm. the, at the beginning stages. Yes. And um, you do lose a little bit of that work-life balance and you lose a little bit of the other priorities in your life, but it's all for good reason most of the time and it will pay off if mm-hmm. you keep going. Mm-hmm. Yes. I think that's really hard for a lot of people in the beginning is just tr- understanding how much work you have to put in in the beginning because it's a lot. Any small mm-hmm. business, you are one you don't, you're completely new at that aspect. Everything's new. Everything's going to take a little bit longer. So just being able to one, just know mentally, like if mentally being like, okay, this is just what I'm focusing on. It's super helpful. And really what's going to help you see the fruits of your labor, you know, months, years down the line. Thank you for being so open and honest about your journey, Christine. No problem. I just feel like as long as you keep your head down, stay in your lane, also don't compare. You're going to get to where you need to go. So Ashley, I know your story was a lot different. So can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. So a little backstory. I was working an eight to five, which really translated into about a seven to seven and more towards the latter years of working there at a consulting firm. And While I loved the work, that was getting to be a little bit too much for me. I just really had a hard time with work-life balance and was a little too much of a yes person, which we'll talk about on another episode (laughs) of the podcast. And I just developed a stress ulcer and I just knew something needed to change. So all while that was happening, um, after I got married in 2015, I had started a calligraphy business on the side doing calligraphy for parties and events and transitioned into the wedding scene. I had always been a fan of weddings and was doing a lot of that work on the weekend and I had made some really valuable connections a few years into it with some planners in town and was just getting some really great consistent work. But something a lot of people don't realize about calligraphy work, it is is extraordinarily time intensive to, you know, hand address every single envelope. Mm -hmm. I was doing everything by hand and that led to some very late, very crazy nights and weekends trying to meet those deadlines on top of working 60 plus hours a week. So that was definitely like, I had some ideas of possibly trying to explore a calligraphy business, but 
wasn't quite ready. And in that time, I actually picked up my camera again. I had done photography when I was younger, and after we got married, my husband and I spent some of our wedding gift money on buying a camera. He, again, like you, I'm so thankful to have a husband that supported my passions, and he knew I had loved photography. So we bought a camera. I, of course, was doing the inexpensive little <laughs> portrait shoots on the very few weekends and time I had off. And had, uh, luckily a local photographer had been like, Hey, would you ever want to help me at a wedding? And was like, that sounds cool. I was like, I will never be a wedding photographer. I do not want the stress of that. I could be a second shooter though. That sounds cool. And so while I was still working my full-time job, second shot a few weddings and I was January 1st. I had talked my way into second shooting with this other newer photographer a wedding and had that same pivotal moment as you, Christine, where I was like, this is what I'm meant to do. This is what I'm passionate about. Holy crap. <laughs> Excuse my language. <laughs> I had never even thought about this, but this is a hundred percent what I want to do. And I had never had that feeling about anything. So that's an interesting, similar, but difference between yes. us of like, you had that love of basketball, but I had never had that like intense love for something. Mm -hmm. And so to find that and just being like, okay, so that year was 2017 and I ended up second shooting a ton of weddings that year. I think I ranked in about 18 or 19 second shooting weddings that year and had booked like two of my first weddings and that was all while I was still at that job. So mm -hmm. things were getting a little crazy um, between working 60, 70 hour weeks and trying to do calligraphy work and trying to second shoot on Saturdays and just figure all of that out and I had thought about going in full time for a long time but um, knew I just didn't really have anything set up. I had heard a lot of education, like Jenna Kutcher talking about booking like 25 weddings to match their salary. <sighs> and I was not there. I was second shooting and I had booked like one $1,000 <laughs> wedding. <laughs> and I was like, that's not going to pay for anything. <laughs> so I was just still working, but really had this urge to make a change. And Thankfully, I had a husband that supported that, and we had been saving a lot of money, so I will say, um, while I was not pre-matching my income, we had saved almost a year's worth of mm -hmm. um, income just in our savings account for life, not necessarily for this, but yeah. just for life. Nest eggs are always yeah, great to eggs. have. You know, <laughs> we had paid off some debt, which was good, you know, like student loans, and, you know, we're thinking either cars or houses were in the future, but thankfully, I had that, and it some pivotal things changed in the company I was working for and there was a very clear out that summer and I took it. I took it with not a lot planned. And that business. way sometimes yeah. I was like, people always ask me and I'm like, Ooh, I don't know if I want to tell you my story because I really do believe in being somewhat financially <laughs> secure before you jump and have some clientele built up, which I did on the calligraphy side, but not necessarily on the photography side and ended up staying at my job for a couple more months to help the transition out. And then that September, I was like, I'm home and doing this now. <laughs> but really invested in a ton of education up front and not a ton monetarily wise, but some significant investments as well as a lot of free resources that I could find and just really went pedal to the metal or whatever the phrase is yeah. and just did every single thing possible that I could do. I have never hustled harder. I thought I worked so much when I was working 70 <laughs> hours a week at my desk job and that was a joke compared to what entrepreneurship is like. I mean, as long as you're, I think the difference also is your passion for yes, it was yes. just so 
so extreme, so, I guess. Yeah. So, so, so you're fire. working so on fire <laughs> that you were like, okay, I can put in as many hours as I want. Yes. And I'm still going to love this thing. Yeah. I definitely saw it as I, I will reap what I sow. So yep. I knew that in the starting years of any business, you right. got to go for it and you got to put everything in. And, you know, my husband was transitioning in career. We kind of both took leaps at the same time, which was interesting to tell our family and friends about <laughs> that. We both quit our jobs around the same time and just knew it was time for both of us to make a change. And just like I said, went pedal to the metal and just uh, gave it everything I got for that first year. I did yep. everything possible. Free work. I did so much free work, which we'll talk about in the advice section. I was not above free work and I was not above free work. I should say specifically in the name of marketing and networking and did everything I could. So whether that was portfolio building, you know, getting just my name in front of people, networking, finding community, meeting a lot of vendors. I really spent a lot of that first couple months, the last part of 2017, trying to meet as many people as possible. So coffee shop dates, networking events. I did not know about a lot of great things back then though. I wish I had known about like Tuesdays together and things like that back then. And, but there was still a lot to do and I was able to fill my time with a lot of things that I ultimately sowed the benefits of, or reaped the benefits of years later, which I'm so thankful that I did. Mm -hmm. Awesome. That's so awesome. I mean, sometimes even just that change of just mm -hmm. going full in is, is what's going to build that fire and get you going with your business. So yes, yes. I know. I don't, I, I won't say I knew that I would succeed when I made that jump, but I knew I didn't, it was one of those situations where you didn't have a choice, right? Yep. Mm -hmm. You like, you do what you have to do when you don't have a choice. Mm -hmm. And I knew for me, like, I didn't want to go back to a desk job. I didn't, and I wanted to make myself proud. I wanted to make my people in my inner circle proud. <laughs> and I wanted to be a success story, as cheesy as that sounds. <laughs> like, I wanted to say I could do it. And that means you have to learn a lot of things really fast yep, and wear a lot exactly. of hats really fast. And I don't think, I think being a little bit blind to it was helpful of like how much mm -hmm. I was about to undertake. Because I think if I had researched and thought it out, I probably would have chicken out a couple times. But I am just so thankful that the journey I have has brought me where I am today because... Yes. Man, it was a wild one. <laughs> yes, and that hard work paid off, for sure, for sure. Yes. Oh, man. So, looking at both of our journeys um, and how they have similarities and differences, we hope that you can pull something from that. Mm -hmm. But I would love to know, Christine, what advice do you have for our listeners who are considering going full-time? I mean, I have a few. So, yeah. first, I'll start with, I feel like fear of the un unknown stops a lot of people from doing that jump of going full time. I know a stable paycheck is extremely important and health insurance. In health insurance <laughs> yes. Lucky for us, we didn't have a family to take care of as I just, it was just me and my boyfriend. But yeah, if you're putting in that hard work and you're putting in that time, you will reap the benefits and you will like how Ashley did. She just went out and did it. Like she had to. So I feel like fear is what stops us a lot, but don't let it just like, let it sit within you. Let it, let it go by. Let it just it's always going to be there. That's yes. the thing. Like it never goes away. Like, I mean, how many I've been doing this for, this is my fifth wedding season and still every year is going to be, and it's just always there. Like, I think it's just something about being a small business and just being an entrepreneur is understanding and just taking it in and it's day by day 
week by week. And yeah. I mean, I think that it's so true. Fear is totally always going to be there and you can choose to lean into that or you can choose to lean into hard work. Mm -hmm. And if you lean into hard work and just like you said earlier, staying in your lane, you can get so much more done than if you spend your day consumed by the fear. And I know that's so much easier said than Mm -hmm. done. And we definitely both have our days, which is why we believe in community because you can talk the other person, someone else can talk you out of it. That's been (laughs) in the same spot. Uh I know I have days where I text Christine and I was like, I'm too scared to do this or like I'm never going to be good enough and she hypes me up which I appreciate (laughs) same thing back to Ashley so I just love that that you don't lean for fear Mm -hmm. um so what were the other tips that you had so also I also think that just making sure that you try to reach out and create that community like Ashley was talking about it's so helpful but just going out meeting others in the whatever industry that you're in meet others just create those connections those real connections not just the ones that you're like oh i'm just gonna throw in like a hey like can you help me let's just go to coffee like i know a lot of uh, coordinators florists people try to help people first which i think is like really hard because a lot of us are just like oh let, let me go to coffee and and pick your brain yes but if you can help people and give them something, like if you're a photographer, give them headshots. Ask to, you know, if they need a specific item photographed, you, that's a great thing to give somebody. And yes. you're not just trying to get something from them, which I feel like, especially like higher up people are going to like be like, I don't want, you know, yeah. like might take it a little bit the wrong way. So just be genuine in your thing. Be I know we've talked about this. We'll talk about this um, on other episodes, but be of service, serve others, and you'll reap the benefits. I definitely believe that. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, I think one of the best pieces of advice I heard was look for people kind of at the same point you're at Mm -hmm. because you can really help each other, build each other up, and you're kind of at your same stage of business, even though you might be in different professions and different sections of the wedding industry. But also, like, don't be afraid to try and make those bigger connections. I know for me, like, there was quite a few that I kind of, not like eyes are bigger than my stomach, but, you know, like, was a little in over my head on, like, who I was reaching out to or all of that. But I I kind of stayed persistent and just, you know, kind of the courting phase of, like, <laughs> meeting people and, you know, commenting on their stuff, telling which of their work I loved or what inspired me. And I really saw the benefits, like, two, three years down the line. Yeah. And I'm so glad I started when I did because if I had started two three years later it could be another two three three years later before we really do have a relationship Mm -hmm. so yeah it takes time I mean all good relationships take time so same thing when it comes to your business and the relationships you're building there so love it what was that third piece of advice you had for Um, us I also think just keep learning keep trying to make yourself better I also believe that you can never fully you you can never stop learning and you'll you can never stop being better at your craft so I love how Ashley talked about when she was just starting that she was second shooting all the time I wish that I second shot more from the beginning because you figure out what to do what not to do and really hone in on the wedding world which I just kind of dove in head first and had some crying nights that I was just awful. So I was <laughs> I wish I would have done that to you though. <laughs> I wish I would have um luckily my all my clients are so sweet at the beginning, but I wish I could have been a little bit more prepared. Like <laughs> so just keep learning, you know, 
try to find a mentor. Those are so important. Mm -hmm. Somebody that can help guide you, even if it's just in the business world, in your craft. And if you can invest in that, so important. Yes, I know in episode zero, we talked about some of the best educational mm-hmm. resources we had. Mm-hmm. And there really are so many free resources that are out there. But I know that can get a little overwhelming. And so sometimes just picking one paid one, too, to like put yep. a lot of time and energy into. I also fully believe in putting your money onto the learning the things that you really feel like you're struggling with. I feel like as photographers, we tend to want to just continue leveling up like one area of our Mm -hmm. business and kind of neglect some of the things we're not good at. Um, (laughs) Just hoping they'll get better. And that's not how it works, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. So I really have tried to kind of like each quarter or each year or each month, depending on what's happening in life, um, focus education on a specific topic or area of my business. I definitely defer towards the business side of my business is what I love. So I love pursuing education more towards that. But like when I got a film camera, I did film education to really make sure I could get a good handle on that Mm -hmm. as well. I completely agree. I just think that if you're bad at something or you don't feel comfortable with it to put that time and energy there and make those goals. Yes. I love that. So another piece of advice that I had is consistency is king. I think a lot of newer business owners don't think about how important consistency is. And I totally get it. I am not a delayed gratification kind of person. (laughs) I love instant gratification. Um, But I was a really big supporter of and promoter of consistency. So what that looked like in the early days was consistently posting on Instagram every single day, consistently making goals of reaching out and trying new things or reaching out and meeting new people, um, consistently doing like free portfolio work to really practice my craft. I'm sure a lot of people have heard the the statement that it takes 10,000 hours to become mm-hmm. an expert yeah. at your at your craft at whatever skill you're trying to learn. And so I just think people underestimate consistency and expect to see the benefits a lot quicker than most benefits will come about. <laughs> and so consistency is so important in the long term and I get it. I am not a long-term thinker. I'm definitely more of a short-term thinker and have had to train myself to be a long-term thinker in my business. I know whenever, like, even Christine and I have talked about this, when we try and help newer photographers or business owners, and we give them some sort of advice that has to do with being consistent (laughs) at something, Instagram, blogging, Mm -hmm. Pinterest, anything, they think that they try it for three, four weeks, and they're like, well, I don't see any benefit yet, or I don't Mm -hmm. see any improvement yet, or I don't see enhanced statistics. And while that occasionally might be a sign that something else is wrong, nine times out of 10, it's just they're being impatient. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And we have to keep going and we have to continue that consistency. I know a lot of benefits I've reaped from my business has been from being consistent on Instagram, consistent at blogging. I would blog so much, which I know is a struggle for a lot of creatives. (laughs) And I will admit that I even need to get back into that, which I know you're in a a challenge to stay consistent. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was. So uh, in order to stay consistent, you'd have to blog every week or you lose $100. So yeah, there, there's my motivation that right there. motivation, right? <laughs> anything um, to make it work, right? Yes, so anything to empower you to do <laughs> the thing that you need to do yes. is important. I completely agree. And I think it's also um, a lot of photographers see the end result of the people and they don't of whoever they're um, admiring and they don't see the struggle and that consistency that they've yes. been doing for years. So just remember, they also started 
from where you are, but you might have not seen the crazy up and downs that they had. So let's keep going. Yes, there's that cheesy quote that's like, don't compare your first chapter to someone's last chapter or oh, yeah. middle chapter or whatever the yes, thing I is. I love that one. I use that a lot. <laughs> I have to remind, Christine reminds me of that a lot too. Like, I'll like, be like, look at what this amazing creative is doing. And she's like, Ashley, they've been in business for 10 years. Like, you need to calm down. <laughs> and I'll be like, okay, okay. Good reminder. Stay consistent. So yes, I think education is so important. Consistency. And then just mm-hmm. circling back on community. Mm, I yes. would not be where I am today without the connections that I made. And I will say too, like connections with people in your own industry is so important. We are going to have some episodes talking about how we are not competition, right? Like we are coworkers, we are comrades, we are all in this together. And I will say a lot of those first year coffee chats were with just other photographers who I just wanted friends, you guys. I just wanted friends. Me too. Oh my goodness. We're both not originally from Sacramento. So I remember thinking how hard it was just to make friends. I mean, a lot of the sayings goes like adult, adulting friend, like trying to find friends as an adult is so hard. So hard. So it's almost like dating, right? (laughs) Like taking other photographers out on coffee dates. You're like, are we friends? Can we be friends? Yes. Dating to find friends, um, (laughs) which is so awkward. And I totally get that. It's so hard for a lot of people to put Mm -hmm. themselves out there. I am an extreme introvert. (laughs) Like me and my husband can, well, I guess I wouldn't say extreme. I am what's called an extroverted introvert. Same. So I like to go out. Most of the time I might just hang out in the corner. Like I need to get better at that, but I just need to be out with people. Like (laughs) you fill that cup and then when you're full, you go back home. Yeah, let's go home. Hang out. out. But it's just so needed when we're going through these daily struggles that a lot of people don't understand. Um, unless you are a creative. So it's, it's really important, not just for the creatives, but the other vendors that are part of the world that you're in. So true. And my last piece of advice for going full time is just don't be afraid of free work. I think a lot of people, um, tend to shy away from that the second they go full time because all they're thinking about is how they need to pay the bills, right? Right. But again, it's a long-term strategy. It is free work in the very strategic, I should say this differently, very strategic free work. And when I say free work, I don't mean just like hey, you want a family shoot? Or hey, Mm -hmm. you want this? I I was seeking out opportunities to get people in front of my camera for very strategic reasons, whether that was I need more engagement sessions. So I asked couples I knew I needed more engagement sessions in a certain clothing aesthetic. So I'd be very specific with what I'd be asking friends to wear to fit what I wanted my brand or my Mm -hmm. portfolio or my Instagram to portray. Putting together styled shoots were really important at the beginning to get wedding content you know, volunteering to assist or like hold bags at a wedding was free work because you got to see how that photographer worked and just understand more parts of a wedding day. Mm -hmm. As a calligrapher, I did a lot of free work right as I was transitioning to full-time too with styled shoots because I wanted to meet other vendors that I, for the first time ever as a calligrapher, which I know doesn't happen a lot, actually went to the styled shoot and kind of watched everything happen and just made a point to introduce myself to every single vendor that was there. Because I knew, one, I was about to go full-time, and I was about to have a lot of time to, like, talk with people and meet with people. And I knew, too, I was going full-time in both sides of my business, the photography and the calligraphy, and that anybody I met could potentially be a friender in the future for both of those businesses. And I met some great people that I then went on to do my own styled shoots with, and just a lot of those have become friends to this day. And it 
it all stemmed by one, showing up, and two, like, not being afraid of some free work. Now, don't do, like, only free work. Like, right. definitely look for the paid opportunities, too, but if you feel like you're missing something or you want to practice something or there is just not a lot of the thing that you want to show in your portfolio available, like, make it happen yep. for yourself. Yep. Make yep. it happen. <laughs> yes. Don't, I completely agree. I think that as long as you're strategic about what you're doing, it's beneficial for both people. Like not just the people you're shooting for, but for yourself, because you're creating that content and you're creating where you want your brand to go and where for you to go. Sometimes that doesn't happen in the beginning. If your clients aren't that aesthetic that you're wanting. So true. So to create that for yourself and to showcase that, that's how you're going to start getting those couples or those families or those, um, that station, those stationary jobs that yes. you want, like showcase what you want. And then you'll, those people are going to start coming to you. So true. I remember it was a couple years ago in a Facebook group. So we were talking about not having a ton of content for Instagram and just not having a lot of what you wanted to show. And I took a screenshot of the last two months of my Instagram feed at that point in time. And I circled every single thing that was a paid shoot versus a free shoot. And I think there was like three paid shoot photos and like 27 non-paid, like free portfolio style shoots or a second shot or something work. And all the people in the Facebook group were like, what the heck? Like we thought these were all your paying clients. And Mm -hmm. I was like, Nope. I like, that was all free work I chose to do. You know, you get all your family and friends being like, wow, you're so busy. And I'm Uh like, yes and no, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, but at the end of the day, like I would not be where I am and I would not have booked the clients I've booked if I had not had content to attract them. And so I had to go out and make it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's so important. And part of that is finding that community to help you accomplish that goal because there are other vendors that need that same type of content and also want that safe time of community. Mm -hmm. So we highly recommend you actively seek out community at this time, whether you're about to transition, you're considering transitioning. We'll hop back to the conversation in just one moment, but we wanted to tell you about a free community we're building for all of our listeners. Join us on Facebook at Dare to Developers, a group for creatives to find community, access free resources, get tips and tricks from all of our guests and more. Join us at the group. We hope to see you there. I know we each had very different journeys to going full time and it looked very different for both of us, but is there anything you would change or do differently looking back now? I mean, my journey did bring me to where I am today, so I'm very grateful of it. But looking back, I do wish that I had created a community earlier or reached out to create that community for myself. Like I talked about, I am pretty introverted. So it took me a while from the beginning to create real relationships with other vendors, other photographers. And if I did that earlier, I probably one would have been a lot happier in my business Mm -hmm. as well as have more friends, which we all need, right? Yes. (laughs) So what about, what about you, Ashley? Is there anything you 
Yeah, I mean, I totally agree. Our journey brings us to where we're at today. So, no regrets. Um, <laughs> hashtag no regrets. Hashtag no regrets. But I know there there are a few things that when you're an entrepreneur and you're doing it for the first time, you do drop some balls. And so, one of those balls that I dropped <laughs> in the consistency train was updating my website regularly. I was really great about blogging, but all the other pages on my website really needed a big overhaul because when you're a newer photographer, your work just changes so quickly Mm -hmm. and evolves so much in your style and you figure out who you are and what kind of clients you want and what kind of work you'd love to shoot. And so I, for a good two years, had like second shooting work as my portfolio and only styled shoots and maybe like my first real wedding ever. And within the first two years, I shot over 50 weddings. And so I just wish I had updated it as I went. I think not that it would have brought me that much farther, but I really think it's important as a photographer to be proud of your website and mm-hmm. be, you know, comfortable showing it off. And I was, I felt that way about the blog part, but I did not feel that way necessarily about the portfolios. I loved the look and feel of my website. Shout out to my husband. We designed it and he coded it. And, but I just did not update the content of it on mm-hmm. the regular. And I wish I had done that because I think I would have helped hone in like true to me clients and attract the right client a little bit more and hopefully a little bit quicker. But again, hashtag no regrets. (laughs) So we really hope that this episode was Mm -hmm. helpful. I think the biggest takeaway is really community and hard work are going to take you the farthest you can go. But we know it's so hard to have a million and one things to do as you dare to go full time like any great accomplishment. But what good is it if you're alone at the end? Mm -hmm. So we hope you either learn something from our respective journeys, go get to know us a little bit better, or just enjoy hanging out with us on Dare to Develop today. Yes. So we dare you to take risks in your business and develop community along the way. Thanks so much for joining us today on Dare to Develop. We'd love for you to subscribe and leave us a review if you love today's episode. Don't forget to check out the show notes at daretodevelopodcast.com and follow along on IG at Dare to Develop. Catch us next week for more fun as we hear from creatives who have dared greatly in their businesses and develop community along the way.